All right, welcome to the Eric J. The Great Podcast Show. Got a uh, special guest on the show today, hip hop artist E Blue. Man, how you doing? My brother, I can't complain, bro. And if I could, I wouldn't. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate you having me, bro. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, for anybody out there that haven't heard of him, I'm gonna play one of his songs. I'm gonna vibe out to it for about a minute or so, and then we get into yeah. the, uh, the, the interview. I actually like this song. I, I listened to it while I was on my mail route today, so you know it gave me that means a lot, bro. I know you hear music every day, so I appreciate it. So here you go, right here. Uh, no biggie. Go scream that on all screens. Let's get it. Snow biggie baby, snow biggie, 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 baby. Yeah. I just bought a new AP, it's no biggie, that'll save, save me some space, it's no biggie, we've been raised, biggest one that's stepping out of my city. Fuck a hate. Only thinking sex whenever you with me, I ain't fuck a date. That pussy lay on you so nice. You can take it off if you like. If you can see it with your eyes and I can buy it. Don't give me to run around and try it. Snow biggie, baby. Snow biggie. Snow biggie, baby. Snow biggie. Snow biggie, baby. Snow biggie. Snow biggie, baby. I just feel like it's the start of a, a whole new sonical era for me, you know, from where I was coming out. I felt all records back then had a vibe with the last project, and I feel like this just marks the start of a new chapter. I want to go somewhere else with the music, you know, with the sound, push it even further. So yeah, I appreciate you, man. Absolutely, man. Like, that type of music, like, a lot of people sleep on that type of music because they get caught up into, I mean, not the – I'm not throwing no shade and no other rapper. Facts, but, but I'm just saying – we just have to be honest. Like, if you ain't no. like the biggest rappers is talking about street stuff. So no facts, facts, facts. But, but people really sleep on like it's a lot of artists out here that you can talk about clean stuff and still get as much motion as the people that's talking about the street stuff. Because you know that type of song right there, you can listen to that like getting ready to go to the bar. Like it just puts you in your groove. You know what I'm saying like, yeah. nah, bro. I appreciate that. That means the world. And I mean, for me, with the um. Even with my last few records and even the last singles, like I think I've always been so big on the writing uh, that sometimes I'll, I won't say overthink, but uh, think too deep into the stuff. I'm, I'm big on writing, you know, I'll go very into the detail and the storytelling. Even like the 3 a.m. record that was one of my biggest records to date. You listen, it sounds almost like a, like a, like a verse hook. Like, it, you know, sometimes I'll just start writing thinking it's a verse and I'll end up looping it because it sounds cool. This is one of the first few songs that I think I, just went like an easier structure and more feel good and this doesn't have so much of like 
the depth in the writing where you got to be paying attention to every single line to, to get it or break it down. It's just kind of like a feel good vibe. I think it's, it's just a straight representation of where I'm at right now. You know, I have new beginnings. I've been waiting a long time to be able to be in a situation like this where I could drop music at a consistent basis and keep the content going. So I think I just kind of reflected where I was feeling that, that whole like confident, good vibe type of mindset I was. In. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm geeked for it. I love the record. Yeah, absolutely, man. So we're going to start from the beginning and work our way up to uh, what you got going on right now. So, uh, First off, tell the people where you're from and uh, how old are you? So I'm from Houston, Texas, and I just turned 25. So, um, yeah, man, I've been doing this for a minute, but I haven't really got the chance to um, to drop a lot of music. I've only had a couple records to my name since I started all my solo type of stuff. Um, I had to kind of start and stop. So we just really getting started still, you know, even though it's been such a long journey, I still feel like this is the very beginning. Okay. So what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you hear your hometown? My genre? Huh? You said, what do I think when I think of my genre? Oh, no, no, no. Uh, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you hear your hometown? Oh, my hometown. Man, uh, real, blunt, honest. I think we, we're we one of those cities that doesn't let a lot of shit slide, a, a lot of stuff slide, you know? And um, we're, we're very quick to just say how we feel and be honest about it. You're not going to have a lot of, uh, of just people hyping you up and making it feel easier, making you feel like you're doing something that you really not. Uh, a lot of, I feel like in a lot of other cities, it's just that kind of universal support, but here you're going to straight up get told, man, that's not it. You got to get back in and keep working on it, you know? So I, I respect that about Houston. I think it's something that's always made me be careful about the songs I choose to drop and what I choose to talk about and just make sure I'm on my, on my, on my stuff, you know? Absolutely, man. So for anybody that ain't never been to Houston, man, just uh kind of um explain how it was growing up as a kid, teenager, some of the struggles you had to go through growing up with your parents and things like that. Just a struggle of an everyday kid in Houston that people might not know about. Man, my my life has been um very weird. You know, I, I was I was young when I started in a group, uh, and I had like a certain level of success within the group. So it wasn't really until um, probably when I was 16 that I slowed it down on that end and I came back home um, and really got to doing like my stuff and getting to see Houston for real. Cause up until then I was in and out and just kind of catching the vibe. Uh, and uh, I mean, before that I was still a kid kid, you know, I started when I was like 12 kind of hitting the road and moving around with the group. So when I came back, man, for one, I'm Hispanic, which a lot of people don't, all the way know that and that's on me um so being a you know a hispanic kid that kind of has that edge on you don't know if he this or he that and growing up in a, in, a, in a neighborhood that i grew up on by 1960 and in Perro valley and richie um it, it, it was it was it was different man you know like i feel like people just um i don't know it put me on a different kind of mindset very young on just how, how i needed to be moving out here and what kind of stuff was going on um but then my stepdad, uh, who raised me, my dad, um, went to jail um, probably right around the time I was, like, 17 or 18. And that's when it kind of got on that type of stuff for me and having to go and figure it out, make sure moms was good and do things that I didn't think I was going to be trying to do, especially with the music that I was trying to follow. And that was, I think, like, the toughest spree for me as far as really having to hit the hard side of Houston and get out there and try to figure out how I was going to make it work. But 
for the most part, man, to be honest, I always try to stay distant. You know, I've always tried to um, stay focused on what I had going on. And I understand the, the the level of commitment and focus that it takes to be able to get somewhere with this and all that, that distraction and allowing yourself to get too consumed into other things. It's just, it's just hiccups, you know? Um, so yeah, I think I, the, as quick as I possibly could, I tried getting out that situation. And I did my first little independent situation probably at around 18 or 19. Um, and got a car and my first little thing of just getting, getting, some sort of success to it. And I never got to drop music. It was more like a material type of situation where I got blessed on some things. I got some money. I got a Lexus GS430 at 17. I was vibing, but I didn't get to drop no music. I didn't didn't get to do anything. And um, that sent me back in a way where I feel like I started feeling myself for work I hadn't really put in because my situation was backwards. I hadn't caught no success. I hadn't dropped no records. I didn't have no, nothing spinning on the radio, but I was living my life at that moment as if I had and I started getting distracted and let my ego catch up to me at certain moments and it set me back again so having to just kind of put it back together through trial and error I just focused on myself and originally tried shifting towards writing music you know and uh, I wasn't even going to do the dropping music as an artist anymore I wanted to link with some producers that I really trusted and try to just do like the writing thing and the first record that I did they're like man there's no way we place this you got to drop it this year's story and that song ended up manifesting into a remix with eric bellinger in 24 hours and took me all the way back up to that level on the, on my solo stuff and i think that's when i really got back started on the, on the wave that i'm at right now as far as like the new era of the e-blue and me trying to push the, this whole solo vibe going you know yeah absolutely man like a lot of people like you said man like uh i know a lot of people like that that can you know get spoil or materialistic things and you can get caught up and especially on your first time around you know it's it's different once you've been around a couple of times and you understand okay i'm seeing this now but i can't forget that i saw it two three other times and came all the way back down like that kind of stuff leaves you humbled and grounded but on your first time around when you really don't come from that kind of stuff and then you're getting thrown on private jets and land into this and all kind of stuff from doing nothing but having a big homie that really believes in you and feels like you're going all the way there. So they just spoil you and putting you in all the top, top, top. But my work wasn't matching up to what I was living and, and the change in my life that I had gone through. So just, again, ha having to just figure it out and having to kind of learn that myself through trial and error, not somebody that just told me exactly how I was going to go because my life was very different, man. I didn't have the parents that was up to what I was doing or like new my, my parents didn't really know I was doing music till I had to leave on the ground to go do a show in Corpus, you know? So it was like, I was really do putting, doing this myself and going out there just by myself as a kid and booking venues with grown people as a kid with my friends and just doing it like that. I learned this through trial and error the hard way since I was a kid. And I feel like I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have wanted it to go no other way. I, I feel prepared now to be able to handle a loss or handle a setback and know how to move through it, keep my mindset straight, fix on the things I could fix and let go of the things I can't, you know, and, and keep them moving, so. I wouldn't change anything at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, did you uh, grow up in a two-parent household? In and out, you know. So my my, my biological pops, um, he disappeared when I was very, very young. And uh, my stepdad, which I was blessed to have, uh, raised me as, like, my dad for real and gave me a place like that since I was a kid since he came in. So I grew up with a father figure to that extent, and then he ended up going through a situation um, – when I was in my teen years and he wasn't around for 
the most important part of my life. And then, uh, you know, he, he, I had to thug it with my brothers and my mom for that era of me kind of transitioning from a kid to a man and all my brothers right behind me with it, even going through some of them through a harder period. Uh, and then he, he came back not too long ago. So we puzzled it all back together. But it's been that like I, I have the, the, the foundation of a two parent household for sure. You know, and the love of two parents for sure, but it's just been like a unique situation as far as how it worked out. <clears throat> okay, uh, how many siblings you have? I have two brothers and a youngest. The youngest is my sister. So two younger brothers and then the youngest of us, my sister. I'm the oldest one. Okay, so I know you say you was in and out the city a lot when you was with the group. So did you have time to do any activities as a kid? What did you play any sports in school and things like that, or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was big on, um, I played football in high school. Uh, I played baseball my whole life before that, since I was a kid, which I'm huge on baseball. When I was doing football, I did even like soccer, one of the off seasons, just to try some different stuff. I got along with some of the kids over there. Um, not just because I'm Hispanic, <laughs> but, but but yeah, man, like I, I was big on sports. I was, uh, I feel like that was a huge part of my life growing up, and I love sports to this day. I still go do the pickup joints all the time, play basketball in the neighborhood all the time, which is the only sport that I was never really, like, on an official team in the league, but that was something we played. We played at the house all the time, so uh, a little bit of everything, football and baseball being the, the main ones that I really dug into. Okay. So as far as uh, the music business, man, like um... – did you have anybody in your family or close to you that was involved in the music business before you? Not, no, not that I know. I have a, I have a cousin that she was doing like the acting stuff since she was, since we were little and she turned out now she's one of the most successful um, actresses in Latin America, but that happened more as like, as of recent with me moving up and stuff that she got her breakthrough and has gone all the way up. But outside of that, I don't think in my family there was anybody even in the entertainment industry like that. We come from a super small town. And, uh, I mean, the the new generation, because my family extends back to going further than that, but we come from a very small town in Mexico um, and there wasn't really much of that around. So, um, so yeah, no, I think I was really the first person to, to push that through. And it was through me just going to school and seeing and learning all these, like, man, even in school, like, to be honest, at first I was so late on all the conversations and me trying to talk about music with people and them talking to me about Jay-Z verses and this, that wasn't something I grew up on. So I had to go back and study all that stuff to be able to come back and have knowledgeable conversations in school. Because the, the stuff I wanted to talk about that my parents were playing at the house wasn't anything that they knew. Uh, and I think through going back and studying it and trying to just get on game and, and have these conversations with my friends to where I knew what they was talking about that let me fall in love with it. And I started, you know, just look, looking into Jay and then looking into Kanye and looking into all these different artists one by one and studying them. And I just fell in love with, with hip hop originally, not transitioning to me doing what I'm doing now over time. Okay. Ab absolutely, bro. Like, um, so what would you say really led you to doing music? Like what, what took you down that path initially when you was a kid? So, man, I have the most cliche story as far as videos of, uh, me being three, four years old and my uncle making me a, a, a drum set out of butter cans and sticks and me playing it with the chopsticks and videos of me dancing and rehearsing, uh, like whole choreographies to my favorite songs when I was three, four years old. So I, I always kind of had the music in me to that aspect. But as far as 
really making music myself. I think that started for me just visualizing, like I loved music. I would listen to something and I would just sing the song over and be like, man, I, I want this to be me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wish that could be me. I wanted to do the shows. I wanted to do all that stuff that I was seeing. I just didn't think that it was in me uh, or that I was talented enough to write a record. So I started off kind of recreating my favorite songs and using like the same flows that they'd be using, just tweaking my own little words here and there. And it would be like, oh, this song, song sound just like Jay-Z, but with my stuff. And then this one sound just like Drake, but with his words. And this one sound just like, and I started taking that and mixing it up a little bit of this with a little bit of that. And I ended up getting closer and closer to my sound. It took a long time, but but it was that. It was it was just me visualizing. I wanted to do what I liked, like what, what, what would have amused me as a person, the things that would catch my attention. I'm like, man, I want to do that too, but I can't write a song. And then I had to just learn how to do it a little, little by little, you know? Okay. Uh, so who was your, uh, some of your favorite artists you like listening to growing up? Man, growing up. So growing up, I really fell into that whole era of studying. Like, you got to understand, I, I was in, in a group uh, with people that were very in that Kanye, Jay-Z, Kid Cudi space at that time. And, you know, a lot of us even met through a forum called Kanye to the, and uh, we was in, in that whole depth of things. So I think the first people I started studying because of them was, was that like Jay-Z and Kanye and Kid Cudi and um, far off through, like through that, you know, but as far as like when I started finding myself and, a little closer to where I am now, because you gotta remember, I learned all this music late. Like my me growing up, that wasn't the stuff my parents were playing. I didn't grow up on Biggie and Tupac. I grew up on some Hispanic music and some whole other stuff. So I had to catch up to everything, come back and study it later. And uh, yeah, I'm big on like Tame Impala and Frank Ocean, and listen to all kinds of different type of stuff. You know, uh, right now I'm big on Burner Boy too. Like I I don't listen to things that, that I think even my stuff sounds like. Like if you were to listen to my stuff, like, oh you listen to this and that? No, I probably don't. I listen to like the most random, off the wall type of stuff. But yeah, it's just a mix of all my backgrounds coming together. And I, I feel like I still say it to this day that the Hispanic background I come for, I come from, has a lot of that like. African and Jamaican and reggae sound is that whole like boom, 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 like that whole bounce type of vibe. So I'm big on that stuff too, even though I don't make a lot of it myself. It's just something that catches my attention every time I hear it. Absolutely. Uh, so go uh, take me back to the time, man, when you went through the studio for the first time, man. Like uh, when you went to the studio for the first time and recorded a song, man. Uh, around what time was that? And uh. Uh, just kind of describe, you know, was it was it easy for you when you first initially started doing music? Did you pick it up easy or was it kind of a rough patch? So for me, I we originally, before we invested into the studio, um, we, we went to a pawn shop and bought like a mic and bought an interface and tried to put something together at the crib that we could build our sound on, which I'm forever grateful for because I see people spending money on studio time every day. Um, but we, man, when I tell you, we worked the hell out of that system up until we couldn't, like, 10, 20 songs a day, getting better every day. By the time I finally went to the studio, like, my, my, my first, I, I went to the studio a lot with, like, my friends and stuff like that. But, like, my first real studio session, um, when I went out to Atlantic, uh, like, four years ago, something like that, um, 
I went up there and I played my music because they wanted they had, took me out there to meet uh, and they they cut my songs off after a few songs like man like the music score are you ready I'm like yeah I'm ready it's like all right boom makes a phone call hey can we get you blue in tonight at boom like damn it's like all right tonight at seven can you come back bring a producer now I'm in L A I'm from Houston I don't know who the hell's out there who's not producers anything so I'm free I'm freaking out uh, trying to call it I know and all my big homies from the H and from around that I've met to, to the point like, man, I need a producer in LA that's solid, verified, somebody that can come with me to pull up to my first session up at Atlantic. And I'm thinking this whole, this big thing, I'm stressing about it the whole day. My, my One of my big bros links me up with uh, my guy, Sean Momberger, who's huge. He's done like tempo for Chris Brown and all different kinds of, all different kinds of records and um, uh, worth it for YK Osiris. And he pulled up on me and I'm thinking I'm, the littest person ever. Like, it's my first session. They're about to be freaking out. I'm coming together. And I get there. And the people that I met with are not there. It's just the engineer. He's like, oh, yeah, you in this room. I'm like, all right, babe, well, where's bro? He's like, oh, they don't come at, at night. They leave at five. I'm like, man, we told me to bring a producer. Like, what do I need the producer for? He's like, oh, you didn't have beats? I'm like, what you mean I didn't have beats? He told me bring a producer, which was like, no, nah, man, like all we need is a beat to plug it up and you get to just get the going. You don't even need to be here. And this is like, they're saying this in front of bro who's went out his way to come for this meeting that I needed. That, and, and luckily he was the coolest about it. He's like, nah, I'm gonna stick around. Let's make some, let's make some heat. And, and t- it turned into sit right that I ended up doing with Cap G. Um, so that ended up being one of my, like my third release, I think, uh, after me time. And Cap G came on, did his thing, went crazy, and it was it was a huge moment. But that's that was my that was my first studio session. Me freaking out about everything and kind of having it unfold in front of me at first. And then Bro was cool. He's like, "Let's make some magic." Went in there and turned out to be one of the best sessions I ever had. Okay, so as far as your recording process, are you more of a writer or a freestyler? A mix of both. I punch in, but I think I don't write anything down. Uh, but I I might like sometimes it's flowing, sometimes it's line after line. But there's going to be some times where I might take five, ten minutes to think of exactly where I want to go next or say like I'm not so I don't give a I don't give a damn about what I'm saying. I'm just on the fly freestyling. It. It's not like that, but it's not like a, I don't write either. So I feel like when you write, sometimes you lose um, sense of the beat or the rhythm or exactly where it's supposed to be. Um, especially now where, where production is at. So I just try to really be in that moment and fill it out. A line at a time. Okay, so you just, you know, like anything else in life, you got to build confidence in it when you're pursuing something. So, when did you? What point did you have the confidence to know that I could really do this as a as a, a profession? When I started hearing positive feedback from the people that I looked up to. When I started getting in rooms with people that I respected and I was trying to get like them and they were coming back to tell me things that I, because again, there's some people that would just say it, but I know, I know my friends that was genuine with everybody else and they was going to be the first ones to tell me if something was it or not. When I started gaining their respect, uh, after a lot of times of being told, nah, this is not it, uh, that's when I felt like I got some, I'm headed in the right direction. And I just kept going with it, you know, just kept going and kept going. At, at that time I was making 10, 15 songs a day. Nowadays, I might make one song a week sometimes. Like, I really try to take my time. Being upset. There might be weeks where I go crazy, but it's more of a, of a feeling thing now. I'm not in that just go crazy stage. I try to be present in everything I do. Okay. So uh, are you signed to a label right now or are you independent? 
I'm, I'm independent, um, but I just signed with AWOL. Uh, so the AWOL is like they're under Sony and they focus more on independent artists, like just making sure the independent artists have what they need to be able to take it to the next level. I own my masters. I do all that kind of stuff, but it's like a mix, you know, it's like a, like a, is it like a management deal? Nah, not really. Um, it's because I like you, you know, they give you the budget, they give you everything that a major would. It's just they're focused on empowering independent artists and making sure that we have the tools that we need to get there without doing all the extra and and taking us out of position completely, you know. So it's just a, a crazy situation for me, is exactly what I wanted. Um, shout out my my brother Corey Walker that put that one together for me, and um, he's been with me from the beginning as well. So I'm just grateful, man. I, I feel super 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 happy to be a part of that family and to be around that kind of environment because it's very different to what i've been through in my life too dealing with the music stuff absolutely man uh so as far as the majors man would you sign to a major if it made sense or would you stay in the current situation you in now if if you got a big or if when, when you get a, like a huge fan base would you take it to a major or would you just stay where you at now no for sure for sure I'm, I'm not man like i say this all the time a major in india it's not about what label or what it is just what the business is what the paperwork says there's majors that have great deals there's majors that have terrible deals i'm not somebody that's with or against the major label or with or against doing this or i'm independent no bro if it makes sense if it's something to where i feel like it's compatible to where I'm at in the work that I put in in my life. And it's something that can take me to where I want to go without me losing my integrity as an artist. I'll do it every time. And we've been there before. <laughs> Keep in mind, like it's, it's been, it's been a tough drain. A lot of things people don't know the things I went through as far as during the quiet stages and why I didn't get to drop music for years. Like it's got some of that attached to it. So it's nothing unfamiliar, but it's definitely just got to make sense. Okay. Absolutely, man. So, um, have you done any shows yet? And uh, kind of um, 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 tell me what what was your biggest show too? Man, um, my biggest show. I don't know. Um, I'm I'm gonna think about that. I'll tell you about the, the show the show thing first. Um, we I have done shows since I was a kid with the group. We did shows myself. I did shows. Nothing unfamiliar, but. When I started going through my solo stuff, as far as only having one song and then not getting to drop for a year, not having the content to do it, it was more so on like the um, like doing clubs or doing stuff like that where I could just do one song. Um, last year, when we had the success we had with 3AM and the radios picked it up and the res came through with the remix, I did a whole tour off of just that one song. Uh, and we sold out crazy shows just by myself with no openers, with no nothing, with no heavy music. Um, shows in Chicago, out here in Texas, and all different. Like we went Atlanta, we went LA, we went uh, DC, we went everywhere, you know. But uh, some of the nights that stand out to me, um, we did uh, this club in Orange County called Time Nightclub with Wiz, and that was a movie. I'll remember that night forever. Um, it was like a Vegas style club with all kinds of crazy stuff and hella, hella, hella people as well. And in Chicago, we sold out a whole venue that I didn't think anybody would come out to on some last minute, like listening party thing last year. Um, but yeah, I don't give myself credit for like the shows that the big homies have brought me out on and did one song. Like I'm talking more about shows that I put together myself, crowds that I brought out um, on my own two feet without other promotion. Yeah. We've gotten up to a couple hundred people and in cities outside of Houston. 
So I'm just grateful for that. Off of having three, four, five songs, you know. Because as far as coming out before, man, bro, Derez brought bro people out at uh, State Farm Arena with Master P and all kinds of people like that. That's cool, but that's that's not something I, I did. That's just favors that big homies have done over the years, you know. Absolutely, man. So for anybody that don't know about the music scene down there in Houston, man, kind of describe the music scene down there and do a lot of artists work with each other down there. Yes and no. Houston's becoming like a like one of those hub cities, I think, as of lately. And uh, you have a lot of people that are not from Houston that have come down here to live out here in the last couple of years and uh, from like the Money Mans to Rod Wade to different people that just kind of hubbed up out here for a minute. And that's taking us to that Atlanta type of page where there's more of a scene here. But um, growing up, not really, bro. I don't feel like we have too much of a supportive system or artists to help each other, um, at least to that level. I think we're stuck on what we know and, and what we think our sound is with that swinging and banging and doing this. And at least from my humble opinion for what it means or doesn't mean to anybody. Um, I just felt like our OGs and the people that we had in position to do it pushed that same sound and we kind of got stuck instead of having like the movements in Atlanta where you had all these Gucci's and people putting on a young thug and all these different people putting on a whole different kind of music and a whole different generation, a whole different, um, sound that was just young and current to what's going on in the world. Houston's ripped by everybody, man. Everybody got a piece of what we're doing. Everybody, and a lot of people admit this, like, it's, it's, it's not it's not a secret. Everybody bites what we got going. We just haven't figured out a way to capitalize that ourselves, bring that all the way together and, and, and our, what we got going, really. I feel like the people that's popping here has been the same people that's been talked about for the last 10 years. Okay. And the people that's not is went all the way around. Like Megan Thee Stallion, like, <laughs> She she went and did her thing, and Travis Scott went and did his thing. These isn't people that's going through the, the Houston setup. I wouldn't say, not to say that Houston doesn't have to contribute to, doesn't hasn't contributed to what they got going. It's just different. Okay, so as far as uh, I know, you say you work with uh, Eric Bellinger. What's some other artists that you uh, that you work with that people might know? So, my features. Um, to date, I have Eric Bellinger, 24 Hours, who also, uh, I'm gonna, I don't know if you're familiar with 24 Hours or not, but he's also had his run. He's got a, got a bunch of crazy records. Cap G, do you know Cap G? Uh, no, I don't know him. I just hit the foot with your girlfriend. Cap G had a couple songs that, that, that were huge. He had The Marvelous Day with uh, Lil Uzi and Gunna. He had Girlfriend that went gold. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, so I just yeah, but and then uh, Landstrip Chip, I just worked with. That's somebody that I really, really um, like, and we listened to him the entire tour, and it was crazy. Like as soon as tour was ending, that one came together for me organically. Uh, so that was huge. The Rez Deshaun, um, who my big brother, I work with him. You know, we toss ideas back and forth regularly, but he came and showed me love on remix in three a.m. Uh, off him wanting to do it and liking the record too, which was huge for me. Um, who else? Who else? I'm trying to think. <laughs> but yeah, man. Like I and the, those are just people that I have like songs that are out with. I work with a lot of people on some behind the scenes stuff, but those are some people that I definitely all looked up to and they were all features that I'm grateful to to this day. Okay. I'm grateful for. 
So far as your fans, man, like uh, what are some um things you like doing, man, when you're not doing music? Man, I, right now I've been on the game. I'll be on Call of Duty. That's where I tap in with all my friends. And that's where we go check in with each other every time. We don't have time. Everybody's in their own element and busy in their own way. So we'll make a little hour for the game or something, catch up, bring it around. Um, what else? To be honest, man, me, I mean, you know what I'm saying? There's my mic right there. So I'm, I'm when I'm free, I'm cooking up, I'm making music, I'm scratching at ideas even at the house. It's really like a huge piece of of me at this point. That's like my hobby. That's my free time. Yeah, I look at um, any type of music artist, man. I don't know if you feel like this. You could tell me if you feel like this, but, you know, uh, you know, everybody go through like BS and daily struggles they have to deal with either that's with their family or just life in general. But I feel like if you've been blessed with the gift to make music and like whether you're a singer or rapper or whatever, like I feel like for y'all it's like a a huge therapy to for for to be able to make music whenever you you going through something and being able to vent versus a regular person that's, you know, they can't make music. They might have to, you know, call up their best friend or, and I'm pretty sure y'all do the same thing, you know, if you don't, you ain't in the mood to make music, but I'm pretty sure it's a huge therapy piece, you know. Man, the unspoken. There's, there's always those things that sometimes you don't even want to talk to your best friends about, or you don't want to bring it up. There's even like the, the self, Self things that you don't want nobody to know. Uh, some songs I make, I don't ever intend on dropping or will never drop in my life. I do that too, just to get it out. But, you know, I feel like I told the mic more than I told my friends for sure. Mm. So as far as your career, man, what's, what are your short and long-term goals or what you want to accomplish? I, I want to get better um, better every time with every release. I want it to get to be bigger. If I, I want the the to just be moving in the right direction. I feel like the moment that you know, I'm dropping new things or I'm calculating moves and they're not hitting, it's not going the way that I wanted to go consistently. I'll rethink it. But for now, moving with how I'm moving, which is one step at a time, and as long as everything we're doing is taking it up a level and going up a notch, I'm I, I'm happy. I think this is what I'm supposed to be doing to that level. I don't put too many big goals uh, in front of me just because I feel like that's the easiest way to just disappoint yourself or feel like you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. It happens so different for everybody with timing, with opportunities, especially in the world we live in today where the people making the best music sometimes got it the hardest. You know, it's all about TikTok and the viral moment right now. So um, I feel like sometimes, you know, just putting yourself those, giving yourself those expectations or timelines uh, just really end up cooking you. And it, it's like a gift and a curse. So I just try to make sure that everything I do, I have a bigger response from. I feel better about it. I'm elevating it. Um, and I'm taking it to levels that I didn't the last time. So the first record, we did this. Then with the next record, oh, we caught Lyrical Lemonade. And the next one, oh, we got on the radio. Well, then let's just keep taking that up and see what could happen. When I stop getting that response, I'll rethink it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel that, man. So as far as the rest of 2022 and uh, beginning of 2023, man, what's some things you got coming as far as projects and things like that? Man, so with this with this new uh, with this new situation where AWOL, I'm blessed to be able to um, be in a situation where I can drop consistent music, and it'll be the first time um, in my entire career, man, where I'll get to uh, 
just follow one record up with another into where I know that I have to drop a certain amount of music within the next few months, which has never happened. So by the end of 2022, uh, I'll probably have dropped from now to the end of this year, I'll have dropped more music in that time span than I've dropped in my entire career. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I- I'm thinking by top of 2023, I might drop my first project ever too, which has been pending for a minute. I intended on doing that earlier this year and it didn't come together all for good reason. So never dropped the project. I look forward to dropping my first project 2023. Okay. Uh, as far as your first project, uh, are you saying talking about like an EP or album? I, I might just go all the way with this one. <laughs> not going to lie. The way, we, the way I'm feeling right now, the songs we have, I feel like we have the EP already and I don't feel near done. So I think it's going to be an LP for sure. Okay. And um, as far as that, um, have you put thought into like um, title and people that you want on it or it's going to be all you? The title for me is always like the last, last, last thing I do just because I try to listen. Like when I finish the project, how I want it sonically, um, I'll just listen to it from from top to bottom. Even the title that I have in mind, like I have a couple different ideas that I want to pinpoint with this project. But it's still something that I think that I like to listen to the album at the end once it's done front to back, close my eyes and try to visualize it and let that speak back to me on what I think it represents overall. Sometimes I'll have a certain goal in mind, a certain concept. And by the time I get working it and putting out my real life as it's going, it'll it'll change. I'll go through little things that shifted and I'll end up I wanted it to be a love project. And I'm talking crazy about this other, you know, so it just it just kind of depends. So. Life will shift it. At the end, I'll come up with the name. And what was the other parts of it? You said two. You said two things, right? The the, uh, the name and features. Who I want on it. Um, that's another thing. All the features that I mentioned to you, that none of them were like transactional features or features that we chased. It was all um, my my big brother Sean Barron, bro. Who's another person that's just stuck by me and and been there. He'll put those songs in front of people and whoever gives us the response that they want to get on it. Or if somebody likes it, then we'll do it like that. If somebody come at me here, a record like Derez did last year too. It was like, man, I love this, you know? And it was before me and Derez were close. He just liked the song, uh, stuff like that. So I try to play it natural. I try to make sure it's things that's supposed to happen. I won't force it. Um, at least until data I have it. And, and I want that to be the same for this. I want to work with the people that, my energy clashes with and that we end up having our moments you know some of those songs have been made on some of those nights it, it wasn't always just put together like that yeah absolutely man so um as far as as far as you as a person man i started asking everybody this question because i think it's a good question and a lot of people we think about it but you don't really give real deep thought about it so like uh, as far as you as a human being, how how do you want people to perceive you? Man, um, I think that at the end of the day, I've been asked like the like a legacy question, right? And it kind of go hand in hand. I think everybody has their interpretation of it, man. Like somebody, you could live your whole life to be this kind of person and cater to these kind of people. And when you pass on, they might be the ones to say that side of the story, but there might still be another person that had a completely different encounter with you, a completely different vision of you or version of you. Uh, and they feel like it's the complete opposite. So I think like the legacy, what, what I leave behind is completely up to interpretation. But 
I want it to be the truest thing to me. That's for sure. I'm not somebody that that uh, is out here living the formula to try to be the biggest artist or trying to put together the the the, the science behind this. I try to be myself to every degree. And anybody that knows my background, I think if anything, I've took so many losses to make sure that I've withheld my integrity and my my organic feelings and intentions with this you know I want it to be pure I want to put everything I'm at heart not the extra person man I sit down and talk to anybody that has a question that I run into if I have the time I'll sit there and I don't care you know I'll, I'll try my answer I try to be humble with everything I do uh, and it's just that just people to know that I was a real person it wasn't none of that artist and extra stuff with me I didn't you know I never put the the, the sauce on it to try to get anywhere I just let whatever was supposed to happen happen showing love I'm all love, man. I don't, all positive energy. I don't have time for none of the negativity in my in the stage of my life right now. So it's all going to be good. Yeah, absolutely, man. I like that answer, man, because uh, it is interpreted to like, you know, what people see you as, because you can be like, hey, I want to be this type of person, but, you know. Man, look at Michael Jackson. That's the greatest. But you leave it up to the world, the interpretations are all over the place. Everybody <laughs> got something different to say about it. And that's the GOAT. So who am I to try and shape up the picture-perfect legacy? It don't happen. Somebody's going to find something if they want to, and that's okay. But the person that just is looking at it for what you impacted them for, I think it'll be good. I think it'll be positive. I've lived my life trying to be uh, as real as I can be and as honest as I can be and show love to everybody that show love back. So I think that's going to be the result of it. Whoever want to find some negative to say, they're always going to find it with or without what I do. Absolutely, man. So uh, um, do you have anything else that you want to um, say to your fans that, um, that you got coming and what you got going on right now and uh, let people know how to find you on social media and things like that? Man, for one, thank you for having me, bro, and, and squeezing me in on some last minute. I appreciate you for this. For two, No Biggie, my first single uh, all year, five, six months is out now on all platforms. We're going crazy. We're just getting started. Um I got the video on the way as well, so be looking out for that. Uh, and a lot more music. Like I said, I think from here to the end of the year, I'll be dropping more music than I have my entire career. So all that content that I've been holding back on, it's the time we're going to let go of everything. Uh, my socials is at I'm E Blue on everything. That's I-M-E-B-L-E-U, at I'm E Blue on all platforms. That's TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, everything. Um yeah, on, on as far as like music platforms, just E space B L E U. Uh, and you can find me on all that stuff as well. We got a lot of stuff coming, bro. A lot, a lot of content, a lot of work. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, I appreciate you uh coming on the podcast, man. And uh, I like automatic going on. Um, I said automatic, that's automatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like everything that you going on, man. That you got going on, and I like listening to like we got our mainstream artists that's already there that you could listen to whenever. But I like listening to different type sounds and things like that, and I like listening to uh, people and um, that haven't been out as long as some of the people we're accustomed to listening to on a daily basis, like, you know, the people that's been doing it for decades. So, you know, um, you got real upbeat, like positive music. So I like listening to that because, you know, you know, can't nobody listen to street stuff every day. You know what I'm saying? I don't care who. No, exactly, bro. And, and 
I mean, they go through what they go through, but I'm the same way. I just try to put off um, what I'm going through, and it's good to know that it's being received and from all different kinds of people. I know you hear new music almost every day, man. People are probably sending you new music all the time. So for you to listen to it once or twice and give me the feedback that you gave me, I'm grateful. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, uh, you know, I don't just do interviews. I talk about real stuff, too, like whether that's, you know, child support, 50-50 relationship, police brutality, you know. So, you know, anytime you want to come on, whether it's an interview or to talk about real stuff, you know, you can come on anytime you hit me. and uh, Brother, you let me know and I'm there. You know, every, every time I'm there, I'll make sure I make the time for it. If you have a little opening somewhere and the topic is, what it is, I'll come bring my two cents. <laughs> I got I got a thought for all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. And, uh, yeah, this episode will come out in the uh, end of October, man, if that's uh, cool with you, because I got a lot of episodes to drop. Brother, that's perfect, man. Like I said, I'm just grateful to have came and chopped it up with you and exchanged that, bro. But we good. Whenever it drops, I'm, I'll make sure I post it everywhere and I get it to everybody that's with me to do the same. We're going to turn this shit all the way up. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. And uh, this concludes today's episode, man. And uh, I enjoy talking to you, man. And uh, you have a, a good day, man. You do the same, my guy. We'll be in touch. I appreciate you taking me in. I appreciate you showing love. Nothing but blessings for you, my brother. Love. Are right, you too. Yes, sir.